Hello guys and welcome to episode 6 of the Jack Hughes podcast, where the aim is to delve into deep conversations with high achievers from around the world. Today on the show, I have Brad Burton, and I'm not even going to apologise, I'm going to steal his amazing intro. So just take this in guys. 1973, born, Salford, bad left, primary school, BMX bikes, role playing games, computer games, class clown, no qualifications, shop boy, girls, chalet cleaner, nightclubbing, pothead, more girls, games, journalist became a dad, shot at, moved to Somerset, depressed, dull, more pot, shop manager, blagged CV, head of marketing, dull, director, Oxford sucked, dull, three days away from bankruptcy, dad again, depressed, maison at above a chippy, married, employed, shove your job up your ass. self-employed, depression, skint, 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 whinging wife, dad again, full networking, stopped, smoking pot, bluffing, struggling, speaker author, still skint, 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 dad yet again, 5,000 plus events a year, uh oh, UK's num- number one motivational business speaker, bought Dream Range Rover Sport, still waiting to be found out, sold Dream Range Rover Sport, author again, people are buying them, scratch his head, Stabbed in the back twice, burned out, near divorce, crisis averted, just, snapped up by top publisher for third book, still waiting to be found out, dad yet again, a daughter this time, uh oh, Audi driver, Brad Camps, Ferrero Rochers this time, uh oh, buzzing blue tick, blue tick again, more five stars on Amazon, still UK number one business speaker, time to quit, now what? Fourth book, no longer skin, no longer depressed, actually quite balanced and happy, wife still whinging, for fuck's sake. So, Brad, UK's number one motivational speaker, author of four highest rated business books on Amazon, and founder of four networking with, like I said, 500 meets a year. Welcome, and thank you for your time. 5,000! 5,000, my mistake, mate, sorry. It's a lot to take in, that. So, yeah, thank you. Thanks for your time today. Busy man by this by social media. What have you been up to oh, so far this week? Fucking listen, I've just come back from snowboarding. Fucking snowboarding. Now I'm from Salford, Manchester, and there on a on a on a, on a massive mountain. Snowboard has just scratching my head. My life just nuts, mate. I mean, genuinely, absolutely, I'm kind of waiting for somebody to tap me on the shoulder and say, "Listen, the place today you've been found out. It just doesn't make any sense. None of it, mate. I mean, you know, you look at." my life in terms of coming from Manchester, Salford, and now running a multi-million-pound business, writing books, speaking at top, 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 you know, global companies. It, it, it just shows you that, you know, that you can be a better version of you, but it requires you to be a better version of you, Jack. You know, I'm just in, I'm in no way or form was I exceptional, like generally. And then somewhere along the way, I changed stuff up, and I think... What's really interesting about this for your, you and your audience is that, um, you know, you can genuinely, genuinely be a better version of you, but it does start with you uh, wanting to be a better version of you. And that's not easy. That's not easy. No, definitely not. So when I first started listening to your like content that came across, I thought yeah. straight away, this guy's been in the forces. So <laughs> I, I know that's not the case, but where do you think that sort? I'm sure you've heard it before, but where did that sort of mentality come from? Is it oh, just... what a question! So this is, listen, I always get mistaken for forces, always, and I, I, I 
And this is, this is an interesting one because ever since being a kid, back in 1981, when the SAS raided the uh, embassy, I was actually a kid and I wrote about this in one of my books. In fact, if I've got it hand there, I'd, I'd read it. No, it's in my life business, just got easier. I opened up with the statement saying, this is a, like chapter one, what he says. It says, um, I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I was eight years old um, when my dad was watching Snook and I was playing with my space Lego. So this must have been 1981 or 1980. And then all of a sudden the news went off, and the, sorry, the, the, the snooker went off and a news flash came on, and it was the first time when the SES had ever been front-facing and they did the, 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 the embassy. And it was, that, it was at that point in my life when I realised that the world that I'd been told I lived in, which was Disney, toys, Father Christmas, I realised that it was bullshit, right? And I just wonder whether it was quite formative, that whole thing there, um, as, a, as a young boy, uh, you know, the military precision. It's just one of my earliest memories. But, going back to, to uh, where I think this has come from, I think it's come from being Salford street smart. You know, when you come from a uh, council estate all your life, um, living in Salford, you've got to walk around with an attitude. You have to walk around with an ever-vigilant approach to life, because at any time you could get attacked or whatever. Or you could get, whatever. And I think I've brought that to, to throughout my life. And I think, you know, I'm now living a middle-class life, if I'm honest. <laughs> But those skills that I learned from the streets have kind of carried with me. And it's funny because when I look at me as a business owner, I would have been, um, when I first started, if you think about it from a firearms perspective, I would have been just full auto, just effectively, yeah. just rat -a -tat 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 -tat. And as I've got more and more uh, skilled at business, it's now not about making a load of noise, it's about making sure that whatever you fire, you hit. And, it, and it's, it's just been something, military doctrine has been something that I've always admired. You know, I've got friends of mine who are in the military and, you know, these guys, when I think about any kind of tough stuff that I've had to deal with, relatively speaking, compared to some of the guys that have done um, Afghanistan and the likes, you know, it's toy. So I've got big respect for the services, always have done. And, um, you know, but I, I do believe that that whole approach to dealing with stuff, courage under fire, is something that I've brought, and I don't know where it's come from, but something that I've brought to business. If I think about... Um, if I think about when you're in military, like I say, I've got a friend of mine, you know, when you're drilling, whether it's live fire drilling or whatever, you're drilling. In the event of this happening, you're not hiding behind the tree, suppressed, fucking panicking. You're actually doing something. And it's kind of what I've approached to business. Somebody described me yesterday as a um, paratrooper sergeant who effectively kicks you out of a fucking plane when you don't want to go. You know, puts a boot up someone's ass. And, uh, and so, yeah, I always keep coming around, mate. So I've, I've no idea where it comes from. I've got no... Um, you know, but other than a kid, I suppose, being stayed by maybe what happened with the SES back in the 80s, 1980, 81. Oh, yeah, it's like I say, it's a great mindset to have, and I think you take it as a compliment, mate. It's, if, if people think that of you, then you're obviously doing something right. So, go, going back to the, the growing up in Salford bit, wonder if you can yeah. um, just tell us a bit about Manchester motivation. <laughs> so, I am. Um, you know, I, I, my dad left when I was six months old. He was uh, abusive to me. Mum, mum put us in a refuge. And this, that, and my mum brought me up as a single parent. Did a brilliant job. You know, when I think about what you've got to do there, which is this whole piece of regards, holding down two jobs, cleaning the house, looking after a son, being a mum, being a dad. Uh, got no qualifications. Bit of a class clown. And really never achieved anything. Um, when it comes to Manchester motivation, it's something where I got shot at in uh, 1995, got two bullets put through my window, 
and I'm not going into it now, it takes it too dark, but needless to say, it is in the second book, get off your ass, chapter two, if anyone's in Waterstone, mm-hmm. just pick that up and read chapter two, you'll be able to get what happened. But, what I say about this whole thing is that when people say, I can't, or, you know, I've not got enough, um, you know, I need a website, or I need more money to get my business off, I go, fuck this. I reckon there's, uh, that I could double any single person's business in like in the sales in, in a month, people go, oh, yeah, no way. I said, I'm telling you, I could. Imagine if I took a gun out you know, and I put it against your head of piston and said, double your fucking sales in the next month or you won't see next month. Could you do it? And every single person, if you did that, truly did that, would say, yes, I could. Manchester motivation. Right now, obviously, it's a little bit strong pulling a fucking gun out in order to drive people. But the point I'm trying to make is if somebody put a gun to your head, and said, you have to double your sales. What would you do? You do this, you do that, you do that. And I say to people, why are you doing it now? Why are you doing it now? And that comes out to that Manchester motivation. So when it comes to getting results, I do that. When I can't be asked moving, I put that invisible gun to me and say, right, you twat, come on, Brad. What have you got? What can you do today with what you've already got? Not when you get this, not when you get that, but today with what you've already got. And you'll find a whole lot more resourceful. And that's something that I use for the clients. Bit strong. You can get, you can cause offence with that sometimes, but um, but it's a great message to see that you actually can do more with what you've already got. Yeah, from what, what I've seen of you, you're very good at um, banishing the bullshit, which I like. Mm. Um, mm. You, you see it a lot in. Go on. Sorry, go on, Jack. No, I was just saying you see it a lot with um, people's health and fitness as well. They say oh, I can't run five k, but like you just said, if someone put a gun to your head, you could probably get through it. Oh, fuck it all day long. Now listen. You know, when it comes to health and the likes, I um, about fucking six years ago, I had a nervous breakdown, I was three stone heavier, um, I've got type 2 diabetes as a direct result of my eating cakes, that's the reality of it, I can turn around and say it's a disease, bullshit, it's because I ate cakes, it's because I had KFC, it's because I love chicken gravy, because I love large fucking fries and fucking uh, spicy wings. Do you, have, do, you have uh, chips, do, you have, do you have chips and gravy? Uh, oh, fucking big time. Don't you worry about that, mate. And any of these southerners who are listening to it, fucking don't be pulling your face. Try chicken gravy up north before you start pulling your face. No, listen. Um, the reality is, this is, it goes back down to your health and your fitness. In fact, your health, your fitness, your business, your life. Fundamentally, where you are in your life right now, where you are in your fitness, is a direct result of your decisions. You can't blame being locked in a cold shed when you're sick by your dad. You can't blame Trump, the fucking Brexit. The fucking financial slowdown, Bitcoin, stop that shit. Because whilst you're doing that, you're giving yourself an excuse. So fundamentally, I'm 45, turned 45 two days ago, right? And fucking my life up until 31 was a shithole. I'd done nothing with it. Because everything that I did was focused on the short term. Everything was focused on the short term. Get waiting on Friday, go and get pissed all weekend, skip Monday, can I borrow a tenable? Right? That was what my life was. And I switched my short term thinking to medium and long term. Now, in the short term, it's painful. It's a bit like when you um, start going to the gym. You know, you go into a gym as a big fat cunt, walking in there, feeling like a big fat cunt, can't lift any weights up, everyone's fucking laughing at you, or whether you are or whether not, you feel that way. And actually, that's that short term that you've got to get over. And I would say to any single individual listening to this right now, if you really want to find success, your success, switch your thinking from short term to medium and long term. So like me, when I, I dropped the three stone, I had to stop doing the stuff that made me short-term happy, whether it's cakes, whether it's a Snickers bar, whether it's a KFC. So then you think, you know, you don't have to drink water instead of fucking Red Bulls. I used to do five cans of Red Bull a day. What the fuck's that about? I've had three cans of Red Bull in fucking three years now. And it's just like lunacy, but for whatever reason, that was acceptable. So going back to where I recently started this point, 
fundamentally, where you are right now in your life, your business, your health, your relationships, is on you. It's your fault. If you're not happy with where you are right now, unlock it. It's your fault. If you want to get more success, make better decisions. And this is where it goes wrong. Because people often make the wrong decisions. People are scared of making decisions in the case of the wrong one. Well, let me tell you something. What makes someone an expert is um, that they've made all the mistakes in a particular field. So when it comes to speaking, I've made all the mistakes. When it comes to writing books, I've made all the mistakes. When it comes to again, running businesses, I've made all the mistakes. So I urge people to start talking themselves into things rather than out of, and don't be afraid of making mistakes. As long as you learn from mistakes, it's fucking great. It's like a down payment on stupid mistakes in future. I think that's one thing I learned, especially after leaving the Navy. Like, you've, you've just got to put yourself out there and realise you're going to fuck up at times. Like this, the first podcast that I sent out, I did the intro, and the music was playing over me speaking dead loud, and I was like, right. but, but I still right. put it out there. You know, I, I said it was raw. I didn't have a clue how to, to start a podcast, but you've just got to do it and get it'll become crisp and nice over but, time. But exactly, but here's the thing, here's the thing, you end up with people turning around waiting for perfect conditions. Yeah, I'll go start my business off but I've got three months worth of money just in case you fuck off, not it. Because actually here's the problem, is you're going to be waiting three years to go and save up 200 quid a month. And then, you know, then the alternator on the car goes or the boiler goes, and now you've only got one and a half months. And actually, I started my business off 25 grand in debt, as in like, not a fucking shilling. 25 grand in debt, not a bean in the bank, not a bean, culminating with delivering pizzas a weekend. I'm 31, I sound like a piece of shit. But the point I'm making is that actually in order for you to get to where you need to be in your life, you know, you're going to have to do shit you don't want to do. And if you're not prepared, you know, look at The Apprentice, I'll do anything no sugar to get this role. We'll go and deliver pizzas you come for three years. You know, actually if you don't want to do that, you won't do anything to do this role. And this is the thing, you can have to do shit you don't want to do, and that's the way that you learn, and as you see if you cut out for anything that you've set out, any course that you've set yourself. Um, you know, you'll see whether you cut out for it by doing shit you don't want to do, how much you really want it. And making yourself accountable. So, which leads me on to, why do you think people are so scared of just being themselves? So, there's a whole movement at the moment about being authentic, the authentic <laughs> self, and it's like, you know, you put in a spotlight yeah. on just being you, but why are we so scared to do that? Well, 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 listen, as soon as you start wheeling that fucking A word out, authentic, I've never used that fucking word in my life other than to turn on and say, what's a load of shit? Yeah. Right? You know, my authentic self, shut up, you knobhead. Of course you fucking, just be you, you fucking dick. Why, where's this come from? This whole culture, yeah, personal branding and being you, fucking that's it, just be you, you knobhead. You know, I, I've built a career on it. I, I look like a fucking drug dealer. I've got shades, I've got tattoos, forearm tattoos. You know, I'm fucking from Manchester, and I swear. It's like, fuck it. It's, it's actually so fucking, wow, this guy's so authentic. Fuck me, me. And I'll tell you something, a direct correlation between me being a success in my world and me being me. Because I'll tell you something, I don't give a fuck how much money you've got. If you've got to pretend to be something you're not in order to win business or to fucking to get on with people, that ain't success. You've just fucking lost. And this is the thing. With me, I could make more money if I behaved myself. If I didn't swear, if I didn't do this, and tie it up, and I'd make more money. But that ain't success. What success is, is me coming onto a fucking stage, listening to Skepta, as me intro music, and everyone's scratching the fucking head, going, what's this about, right? And actually, you know, I, no one gets booked harder than me in the UK. And this is because I'm my authentic self, right? And actually, this is before, I was authentic before any of these fuckers started on this thing. Because it just, it just, it, it just, it, it implies that everyone's disingenuous and you start seeing the world in a different filter. So, for me, one of the things I say is be you, be you. And if people don't like you for being you, fucking next. Serious. 
and imagine your audience as well. If you started changing the way you are, they'd think, what, "What's his game here?" Like we, we follow him because he is himself. And if you started if you started to change that, then you know, I'm sure you wouldn't be as successful or get as many bookings. You know, but you know, you know something, right? This is like a piece of string. So in order for me to go and get booked by some more corporate, corporate, corporate uh, events, you know, because this is the thing. People say, oh yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're progressive or we're, uh, you know, we've got innovative ideas. And actually, no, you're not. When you start putting your face, because I turn up with a, with a jeans, strength and t-shirt on, and actually that's not what you want as a speaker, you're not You're not at all, you're just using the word in the same way nobbits turn around and say, you know, I'm authentic and they're wearing a fucking chiffon scarf as a HR woman. You know, that's not, that's not authentic. That's just fucking carbon copy and somewhere along the way saying you're authentic. As if somehow that gets you out of it. You know, in the UK, I would say there's so many, so few people in business, certainly in the circles that I do, in terms of speakers that are authentic, like genuine. That that you know, you've got to trot that word out. And as soon as as soon as you trot that word out, I think once again, I think you just put your calls back. Because actually, I don't have to say I'm authentic because it's quite clear now. So there you go, guys. Drop the A word. Just be yourself. Look at me. I mean, I'll tell you what happened. Is I used to try conform to fit in. I used to try conform to wear a knobhead cheap suit, you know, in a friggin' waistcoat, right? Like, you know, matching fucking, I don't know, one of those twats at the apprentice. And, um, you know, you look at him. Hello, no, Chuck, I'll do anything for you. Pink, pink fucking time, pink socks, grow up, you knobhead. Yeah. Right? And um, I used to do all that. And actually, I didn't achieve that in my life at that very point because I was trying to pretend to be something I wasn't. I was trying to fit into a world where actually uh, the, the, the easiest of probing would prove that that wasn't me. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that person in business. And actually, like, the direct correlation between me succeeding in business was when I said, you know what, fuck you, when I start my own business, I'm going to do it my way. And if people told me I'd got it wrong, I can't, you know, you can't start a full networking up into a closed shop. I've, I proved that wrong. You can't pull a book, get off your ass. Why not? Well, it's an offensive title. But it's the highest rated business book on Amazon. You know, you can't be a motivational speaker looking like a drug dealer. Why not? Boom. And actually, I get booked. But, and this is what I'm trying to say. So I've created myself a field of one by just being me. I mean, you know, what's so radical about being yourself? Nothing. Exactly. From my own experience as well, I work with, uh, like, software development teams. Yep. And because I've come from a totally different background of being in the Navy... Oh. And I, I am myself, and I, and you know, I do probably swear more in the corporate environment yeah. than, than you're supposed to. But that, that 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 gains the respect, and it shows you you've got something about you, and people people follow you if you if you are yourself, essentially. Which leads me on to Brad. What what does what does leadership mean to you? Um, the ability to make decisions that not everyone will agree, uh, will agree with. You know, when I think about my leadership skills is that I wouldn't ask anyone to do anything that I've not already or I, I wouldn't do myself, right? But I'll tell you the other thing about leadership, it's about using that resource that other people would save for a rainy day. So I will always go, fuck it, listen guys, don't save fucking, you know, don't save half a magazine, fucking put it down, let's do it now, use it now, and let's have our magazines away. You know, yeah. that's how I, I, I and, it, and, it, and you know, it doesn't always work as a strategy, that, that whole using what resource but I think that's what leadership is I think leadership is using resource effectively where normal people non-leaders would actually want to save you know in order to feel secure and safe and I think leadership is also about self-leadership about digging deep about doing the things that you don't want to do 
in order to realise that in order to get to C you've got to go by A and B and A and B is the bit where it's shit, A and B is the bit where people laugh at you, A and B is the bit where you self, have self-doubt. And if I look at what I've achieved, the amount of times I've wanted to quit, like literally I'm done, like I'm done, 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 like 11 times in 12 years. And, uh, and the only reason they didn't is because of that self-leadership, that ability to go, you know what, you need to give yourself a talking to, you need to have that enthusiasm, that enthusiasm that you have when you're winning, when you've got a rally and your guys are running with a flag, you've got to have that enthusiasm when you're not winning. And don't get me wrong, it's all very well, we're doing a nice soundbite, and it sounds all great and it's wonderfully inspirational, but it is tough. It is tough when you get there and you have fucking body blow after body blow after body blow. You've got no fight left in you to find the resolve and to find that fight. But somewhere along the way, let's reverse up to where we started. This comes back to me and that's all the background. That's an asset to actually say, okay, what can we do with what we've got? We don't have any money, so how do we get some money? We don't have any sugar, so how do we get some sugar? You go knocking your neighbours and stuff. Yeah, it's just this resourcefulness. And that's what leadership's about, and I think that's what modern-day leadership's about. Because, you know, fucking, I meet people, oh, well, yeah, I'm just going to go for a second round of seed funding. What the fuck are you on about? Yeah, we just had 200 grand, and we're looking for a second round of funding. Listen, you know, Ben, go and buy something for £50 and sell it for 100 And then somewhere along the way, you know, people want the shortcuts, and there's no shortcuts, because those shortcuts are cheap. Because actually, when you do get tested, after you've done your 200 grand, you don't know how to deal with it. It's like skipping the steps. People try skipping the steps. You want a shortcut. Imagine trying to go from the bottom of your steps to try to get to the top in one go. It's impossible. You might jump and you might get to stair five, but then you go bundling down. And people try to skip the steps, and the problem with skipping the steps is if you do get there and you start to slip, you just fall all the way down. And I've learned through not skipping the steps, you know, that tenacity of having no money in the bank, having eight pence in the bank, and having your mortgage going out in like 40 hours. Yeah. And you've got to go and find whatever it was, back in the day, 600, 700 quid, and yet doing that, that's what leadership's about. It's about doing the things when no one's looking, that actually, when there's no adulation, and actually fucking doing it for the right reasons. Brilliant. Thanks for that. So, a question has literally just come to my head while we've still got a bit of time. The, the, the term millennial is banded about, and people of a certain age, like 18 to 30, being um, entitled. Have you had any experience of that? And what, what's your whole opinion on the, the millennial like, term and phrase? You know, it's, it's a bit like saying everyone yeah. from Salford's and all the monkey, right? It's fucking... You've got this whole fucking vibe at the moment. You see the lunacy. Um, even now, I'm having a chat fucking course through fucking a minefield having this conversation now to avoid political correctness of pissing someone off. Right? And it, isn't it funny that I'm trying to, I, you know, actually what I want to say and what I'm going to say are two different things because actually I'll be an uproar of fucking loads of tweets and stuff. Well, let me, let me tell you this. I always do it for a fucking laugh. Every six months when I'm bored, I go onto social media and I post, never trust a fat motivational speaker. Right? It's fucking hilarious what happens. The, 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 the fun that ensues with that one. Now, I used to be a fat motivational speaker. Right? So I can justify by doing that. In terms of this millennial thing, um, you know, it's just made up, quite frankly. I don't believe that kids, are, these youngsters, aren't feeling entitled anymore. I think there's a, a small portion of them that feel entitled. Um, and, and actually, it's, well, that's always been the, the way. But welcome to the world of social media where you can hashtag millennial and you can set the piss out of it. You can put people in a filing cabinet for a laugh. Um, in the same way that you could put uh, back in the day, Northern Monkeys would have been a hashtag, and you could, you know. So it's, it, it's. I think I, I don't believe, as a generation, this millennial thing exists any more than anything else exists. Any other, I think it's just social media is allowed to put a label on any old shite that you want, 
and actually just you know file them into millennial knobhead thing. I just I don't I don't believe that that's the case in Saturn. I really don't. I think what's happened is I think we, we as, a, as a country and as a nation have allowed our political correctness to soften everyone up. And I think that's the you know the fact that I'm not saying what I want to say, right? Isn't that funny? So I'm not saying what I want to say because you know uh, the, the, the the world's gone fucking crazy now. So the, consequently, by, by me being quieter than my voice, which bear in mind are quite vocal, you can see the problems that challenges are facing this this country right now. Yeah, I, I think it's bollocks as well. To be honest, there's, <laughs> al- there's, there's, there's always going to be knobheads. There's always yeah, going to be people who get along with, <laughs> and there's always going to be people who work harder than other people. And I don't think that that would have happened in in the 60s and 70s. It doesn't matter what right. what era it is. There's always different right. types of people in the world. So, no, I, I think I think I think like I say, don't get me wrong. Bit of fun, bit of fun taking the piss out of them. But I don't believe it's it's it's. it's I think it's just a social media trend for a bit of fun. And next week it'll be Kim Kardashian. Yeah. So Brad, I always try and put a curveball question in. So, so um, if you could watch everything that's happened in your life until now, would you enjoy yeah. it? Would I enjoy it? Yeah. Would you enjoy watching it? Um, listen, it's, it's an archetypal story about anyone's life. Everyone's got shit that's gone on in their life. And let me put it like this. When I got two bullets put through my window, right, the worst days of my life right, um, were one, when I got bullets put through the window, uh, two, when I had a nervous breakdown six years ago, the pressure of work and my decisions that kind of caught up with me. Um, and those worst days of my life, if it wasn't for those gunshots back in 1995, going through my window, I would have fucked off from Manchester, moved to Somerset, been on the dole there, met my wife, da, 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 and then I wouldn't start my business, wouldn't have done the books, we wouldn't be speaking now. For the worst day of my life, that is fucked up. The second worst day of my life, seven years ago, I had a nervous breakdown. Um, pressure got to me, and, and you know, I, and this is the thing, if you think about anyone you talk about fitness before, you go to the gym, and you go and lift up a weight, uh, you know, fucking 20 kilo, whatever the, the weight is for a, a barbell, a dumbbell, uh, and, and if it's too heavy, what would happen? You know, your muscle would rip, but your brain's a muscle, and actually, there comes a point when it can only take so much weight before it goes pop, just like any other muscle. That's what happened to me. Now, the great thing about my story is that I have learned from it. And I go back to what I said before, about this whole piece as regards, um, it's, as long as any mistake, as long as you learn from it, isn't it a mistake? My life story, and I've left it through an army box, I've actually weaved, there's not one single thing that I haven't shared about my life, um, that nobody, I've shared every element uh, about my life. I think I've had a, 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 an interesting life, I think I've had a fair life, um, and what I mean by that is that you know, the decisions that I made sometimes went my way, sometimes it didn't. Um, but no, it'd be an interesting one, and I think it's everyone's story. I think the differences I've definitely to share, uh, the fallibility that I've had in my life and the decisions. Uh, would I enjoy watching it? Certainly this end, this this side of, of life, most, most certainly, um, because, you know, I've achieved so much. You know, one of the things that I wrote that book, the latest one called Now What, the reason I, I, I called it that is because... I'd reached every single goal in my life, every single goal that this working class lad who lived above a chipper on a masonette, fucking, you know, I just, I couldn't believe, I couldn't, I, I, I didn't know what, I'd achieved every, every single goal, and that's why I asked that question, now what? I'd retired at 42, I was going to the gym, fucking, for three months, playing computer games for three months, and that's when I said to myself, now what? 
because I'd run out of fucking goals. And I'll tell you something, anyone who's tuned into this right now, if you're starting a business off or you're doing something where you know you start the project off and it's tough, what I want you to think about is, and this is talking from somebody who's 45 now, who's had the experience of being in business for 13 and a half years, that first bit is the fun bit, the bit where you've got no fucking money. You see who's there for you. You see what you cut out, what you made out of. And I look back at, at, at that whole time now with fondness and at the time I couldn't wait to fucking get out of it and you spend half your life wanting to live in the future about what your business is going to be when you get to and then you get to my half and you go you know what you look back at the past and what people should do is start spending their life in the present because that's all we've all got right now and it sounds a little bit fucking hippified but I'm being serious so if right now you are struggling with your business if right now you're you're, you're loading pallets at 3 o'clock in the morning in order to you know to, to fund your business Pat yourself on the back. When I was delivering pizzas, as I used to beat myself up. Looking back now, that was a wonderfully brave thing to do. So it's a bit like trying to reproduce that kiss, that first kiss you have, right? You, you ain't going to do that again. So if you're going through it right now, please, please, please listen to what I'm saying. If you're talking out of experience and savor your tenacity, savor your resolve, and understand that one day your business and what you've achieved will be replaced with fucking middle class normality. Which actually isn't as exciting as that bit where you're starting off and you're begging and you're stealing and you're borrowing, you know? Yeah, what a way to finish. I think we can all take a lot from that. Brad, you're a busy man, so I won't keep you too much longer, but if the guys wanna, guys and girls want to follow you, what are you most active on at the moment? Is it LinkedIn, Instagram, yeah, Facebook? No, no, fuck, fuck LinkedIn, it's too square for me. Um, Facebook, I think probably Facebook's the smart way to get old, man. But I think if you want... Um, Email Pippa, Pippa at bradburton.biz. She's my uh, right-hand lady, and she'll sort you out with, uh, I've got uh, this task thing, seven days of task that'll help you out. But listen, just find me, Google me, Twitter is probably one that you'll get a fastest response from, um, but I'm about the social media, it's not difficult to find me. Okay, once again, Brad, thank you very much for your time, it's much appreciated. Thank you, Jack. Cheers, friend.